Welcome to your Active Tech Brief podcast. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your technology editor. This week, we take a closer look at the pilot project for the European digital identity. For an overview on all things technology in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website youractive.com. This is your Active Tech Brief podcast. Today I'm joined by Gregory Kulmae, Digital Identity Program Manager at Idemia. Hi Gregory. Hello Luca. So Idemia is a security and identity tech company. Uh, there is actually a good chance um, that uh, you and uh, your listeners have some Idemia technology uh, with them right now. Um, we, for example, we produce SIM cards that are in the mobile phones. Uh, we produce uh, the payment cards uh, that are in your wallet. Uh, and, uh, and we also serve the public sector with, uh, uh, digital, well, with digital identities, uh, obviously. It's the topic of our conversation, but also uh, physical identities, ID cards, uh, passports, uh, biometric systems, uh, etc. I think the the old digital identity file has been a bit behind the scene because it hasn't received a lot of attention, but it will be perhaps one of the EU initiatives that will uh, touch will affect um, people's normal life the most in the coming years. Um, Idemia has been recently awarded a tender to develop a, pi- a pilot project for the European digital identity, uh, which should uh, remind the listeners is going through the legislative process um, with the European Parliament due to finalize its position, perhaps already in March. Um, so what can you tell us uh, about this pro- pilot project you're working on? Yes, correct. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very ambitious uh, project that is going to touch on uh, every European citizen uh, lives. Huh? The, um, the ambition is to... Uh, deploy European uh, to, on, to the European citizen onto their phones uh, a digital version of their uh, leather w- wallet, if you will. So this means that in your mobile phone, you will be able to store um, your identity card, your driving license, maybe your payment cards, maybe your transport cards, your travel cards, your passport. So it's going to be a very open uh, mobile wallet in your phone and you can store any kind of credential in it and you will be able to use it in your everyday life to uh, transact with a, a high level of trust, a high level of security and a high level of uh, privacy protection uh, in the pub- public sector and the private sector. So it's a very ambitious uh, project. I think it's uh, it's uh, unique in the world to have uh, such an ambition. And, uh, and indeed, uh, Idemia is participating in the consortium. So it's not just Idemia. Uh, it's, uh, we are 148 uh, participants in this consortium covering uh, 19 countries plus Ukraine. And uh, the goal here is to test drive the wallet on some uh, end-to-end use cases. So uh, we are going to look at you know, how does the wallet work in the real life uh, to access an e-government service? How does the wallet work in the real life 
to uh, have a driving license that uh, I can show to a police officer and the police officer can trust that it's an actual driving license. So very exciting, uh, very exciting uh, project. Uh, indeed, that's very uh, interesting, Gregory. But I was just uh, referring now to the legislative process that is still ongoing. So the EU uh, regulation that will underpin the digital identity is still a moving target. How do you see uh, the pilot project uh, interacting with the legislative process? Yes, correct. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange setup. Uh, you could think that uh, the legislation is happening at the same time as the pilots. And actually, there are two more streams that are happening also in parallel. There is a, a reference implementation and that will be open source. And there are standards that uh, need to be written. So all these uh, are obviously interdependent, right? Uh, the standards need to comply with the law. The reference implementation needs to implement the standards and the pilots uh, should use the reference implementation. Um, the commission uh, has taken an approach which is uh, uh, a bit aggressive uh, and ag but agile, right? So the whole point is that uh, uh, all these four streams, including the legislative one, um, can gather early feedback on what works and what doesn't work. Right? So we expect to start the pilots in May, uh, June this year. And the legislative file, we don't expect it to be concluded before the end of the year. So uh, indeed, there is going to be some overlap, but it's going to be uh, an opportunity to feedback real-life uh, experience into the legislative file to see you know, what works, what doesn't work, and make sure that the law is, uh, is uh, pragmatic and, and, and follows uh, what is required to be successful. Can you make us an example of where you think the pilot could uh, contribute in providing feedback to legislators? And, and you know, uh, another question would be, isn't this coming uh, a bit too late uh, in, in the process, if the idea is really to finish this file by the end of the year? So we expect uh, real-world feedback to come, for example, in uh, terms of usability, or uh, security levels that uh, can be achieved and can be addressed by uh, many people. So uh, right now, if you look at uh, the, the standards discussion, the technology discussion, there, is, uh, there are some open questions. There are multiple technology approaches that are, that are considered. And so from the real world, we will see uh, what are the right technology choices to promote and to make sure that the legislative file is indeed compatible with those. To be honest, at the end of the day, it's the legislative file that will uh, be the guide, of course, and uh, whatever the legislative file then uh, decides will be reflected in the other streams. So um, it's an opportunity to get feedback, but at the end of the day, it's still the legislative file that is uh, the, the defining the defining text, and uh, because we work in an agile way with short release cycles, we will be able to adapt um, to, uh, to whatever uh, is finally in the law. And since you mentioned uh, the, the security level, 
uh, I was just wondering how you're planning to address this, because these, uh, we know that uh, it has been a very political point, especially from some member states like France, uh, who would find it uh, rather difficult to sort of step up the assurance level uh, for their existing uh, wallet. So h- how do you see the, the problem of security and the problem of you know, making the European wallet compatible uh, with those uh, at the national level that are already there? My understanding of, of the ongoing discussions, because this, this, this topic of the assurance level, so in EIDAS, we've got levels uh, substantial and high, huh, which are the two relevant levels here in, in our discussion. The, um, it's not completely resolved yet. What is clear is that uh, the wallet will be at the high level of assurance. Okay, It will be at the high level of assurance to have the mutual recognition across member states. And I think this is a good thing uh, to be uh, ambitious to achieve high security levels. Uh, Cyber security risks are not decreasing, they are rather increasing. So it's good to aim for a high uh, level of security uh, from the get-go. Now, there are member states who have um, uh, broader, already broader, Uh, digital identity solutions that are notified at the substantial level. But my current understanding of the proposal is that there is going to be a path to upgrade the substantial level of assurance to the high level of assurance. So to make sure that there is a wide adoption of the wallet that is possible and that you can leverage Uh, any existing uh, digital identities that are already out there. The whole point of the wallet is to build on the existing digital identity. It's not to uh, replace it. And that's well understood. So uh, the other big issue uh, for what concerns the digital identity is uh, privacy. Of course, um, trust in this sort of technology will be uh, fundamental for its uptake. Uh, and we have seen uh, in the parliament, but also in the council, uh, heated discussion about the concept of unique identifier and uh, around the amount of data that uh, relying party will access um, when, when using the wallet. How are you addressing these issues in the pilot? The unique identifier that is part of the regulation Uh, is a hot topic and uh, it's a bit contradictory uh, with the uh, actual uh, the actual motivation of the wallet because the wallet uh, when it were when it is designed it is designed uh, to protect the citizen privacy it's a, it's really a tool where instead of uh, having large central databases with all the information of all the citizens that are uh, stored centrally and citizens do not know who's accessing what and who does what with their information. Instead of that, the, the information is put close to the user. It's put in their mobile phones. And whenever it's shared, it's shared with their consent, right? So there is not a single 
database that uh, can be hacked and people can access all the information of everybody and people can look at what's, what you're doing uh, whilst you're not aware of it. So the whole point of uh, uh, creating this wallet is to protect the, the privacy of the citizen, put the data close to them and put the, the users in, the, in control of sharing uh, what data with whom. So the unique identifier is a, is a, a bit uh, a, a challenge in that, uh, in that vision. Um, however, I think we are already discussing uh, potential solutions where you will have sector-based uh, unique identifiers or uh, the possibility to regularly renew your unique identifier so that there is no Uh, trackability of the user huh? because that it's um, the, the danger is to create a super cookie so i think we are all well well of, of aware of that and we don't want to create such a, a super cookie when uh, uh, what we really want is a privacy protecting uh, uh, digital identity wallet gregory kulmei is digital identity program manager at idemia thank you gregory thank you luca that's all we got time for this week don't forget to sign up to our free Tech Brief newsletter to stay on top of tech news and digital policy developments in the EU and beyond. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. This episode was produced with the technical help of Evie Chiori. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.